Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody out there in the internet world. <laughs> I truly never know how to start this. Uh, every And every time I begin, my guest always looks at me and is like, what? Uh, <laughs> welcome to Broadway Breakdown, our wonderful, now recurring subsection, My Obsession. I am your host for this, Matt Koplik. Uh, co-host John Miscavige is busy being in Iceland. But uh, you know what? Fuck him. With me... <laughs> is my dear friend, Broadway leading lady, supporting leading lady, touring the country. She does backflips, she belts, she kicks, she sasses, and she's smaller than a peanut. (laughs) Welcome. And also, the first guest I ever had on Baking It on Broadway. Oh my god, that's right. Yes, inaugural episode. Was, oh man, with, was still not girl. the most viewed one, but... But not the least viewed. <laughs> but not the least. Not the least viewed. Well, get, get on... You should have been in the Broadway cast of Be More Chill, and you oh, would have had 30,000 views. But then Missed you would have, then you would have been in Be More Chill, and that's like... Mm. Um, <laughs> so anyway, please welcome to the pod, Elena Ricardo. Yeah. Hi, Elena. Matt, we go back. We go so back. So back. Um, why don't we tell the listeners how far back we do go? Well, back in the day, in 2009, I entered Emerson College as a lowly freshman, just wanting to be in a production of something. It's true. And the first one I get couldn't be any worse of a fit for me, but it was a mini version of The Fantastics, and thankfully it was with Matt Koblick. And I got to... Tried to sing soprano with him, and he was so lovely and charming. Girl, and you did so well on that. I, I mean, I actually still have nightmares about it. Do you know that? Like, I genuinely still have nightmares. <laughs> that explains what literally any. So, anytime I see Elena and we are in like mixed company, and she introduces me, the first thing she mentions is the fantastic. She was like, Matt was there for the one second I was a soprano. Self-deprecation's kind of my thing. Sure. I like to lead with um, low confidence. And yeah, I'm just but like, you... People. Okay, so... 
<laughs> I know. Well, like, what's a, what's a famous character that, like, famously has low confidence? Like, Oh, man. Oh, you know what? Okay. So you're, like, you you lead with Debbie Downer. Yes. And then you attack with Black Widow. Yes. So you're, like, mm, it's, just, it's me, Elena. And then, yeah. bam, you come in and, like, you, we see what you do on stage. And we're, like, oh, Better, there she is. You know, yeah. It's much easier to be on stage and to play a character. Although, if you look at most of my characters, they're, they're all kind of kind of either boys or um, low confident. Like, Carol's very self-deprecating. And Your Sophie was not so- self-deprecating. Yeah, what the How hell am I talking you? about? I okay, no, I'm okay, so I'm, I'm taking over because this okay. girl is rewriting her Sorry, history. Sorry, I am. I'm projecting. She was Louisa in our mini version of the Fantastics. It was uh, a senior project that Emerson does for the directing students. I thought she was lovely. <laughs> for someone who's not a soprano, she had a lovely soprano. And hey, Sutton Foster's coming out and saying like, hey, Belters, we can soprano too with well, the best of them. We will see. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I Very rarely do I ever, do I think Sutton does wrong. Very, very rarely. Um, but... I thought your soprano was very lovely. I wish you practiced it a bit more. I think it's mm-hmm. good. Um, and actually, it's come a long way. I wonderful. mean, I'm, I don't know if I'll be playing Julie Jordan anytime soon, but I could cover but it. You, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think you could cover her. Listen, Caitlin Frank booked Broadway singing yes. Vanilla Ice Cream, and that girl is literally gunning for Sutton Foster's like roles. So if she can do it, yes. anyone can. Oh. Uh, so, actually, speaking of Caitlin Frank... Uh, I remember, so when you were filming the first episode of Baking on Broadway with me, Caitlin was living with me. Yes. And so Elena was in Mamma Mia, and Caitlin was gunning so hard to be in that show. I remember she showed up in the middle of filming. I I think we had, like, our times crossed. And she was gonna leave, and then she kind of just stuck around her room, and I was like, what's she playing at? And then we were done. She, like, peeked out. She's like, so tell me about, like... The auditions for Mamma Mia, like, what do they usually prepare for you? And I was like, oh, she's like, she wants to go into that room and be like, oh, I didn't know this was happening today. Bam, knows the combination, I which would, is what I love about her. Man, that combination would be a breeze for her. She is much yeah. more qualified than the dancing. I mean, that dancing <laughs> that we, is just meant to be pure fun. It is. But, it is, and it was. But it totally was. Yeah, Elena was the last Sophie. The last. The last Sophie Sheridan. And maybe the revival Donna. Maybe. Maybe one day. It depends. <laughs> Putting it out there. Are they going to do like a, I don't know, like a 30 years between Carousel's revival? Or are they going to do like four years, like Les Mis, and like, surprise, it's back, bitches. Oh, if they're smart, I hope they'll just wait. I think they should wait. Just wait. Let, it, let yeah. it breathe. Let us miss it. And then have Did it we back. miss Spring Awakening when it came out? Like, did we miss it? Well, you have to ask other people. I personally did not. I didn't, but... And I love that show. Yeah. But if it were to come out, like, now or, mm-hmm. like, three years from now, yeah, I'd miss it. But it just felt such a weird yeah. time. Well, I think revivals are weird. Unless you really have a take on it that is relevant and brings the show into a new light. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's always necessary. And especially if it's a more current show. But also, if maybe the last time was sort of a missed opportunity. Right. So, like... The original Spring Awakening, I thought, was pretty much, like, how Spring Awakening should be done. I do not care for this last revival for a few reasons, although I totally respect other people's decisions to like it, which makes it sound like it's a conspiracy. It's not. But, um, or I say, like, The Color Purple, very recent revival of a current show, the original production I found to be a rather missed opportunity, and the revival, I was like, holy shit, Mm -hmm. that's what this show can be? 
Like that. Well, I wonder what Music Man's gonna do. I mean, that's been... it's gonna be a Mary and the Librarian who cooter slams. That is <laughs> that is how uh, they are gonna bring it about. Billy, I'd like to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. Elena Ricardo has an obsession. I do. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> this was one of the hardest questions I've been asked. Like, I went through all of my things and all of, you know, I was even trying to maybe talk about something I wasn't obsessed with just so I could have something to talk about with yeah. you. Um, well, your first choice, we won't bring it up. Your first choice was a good one. Yeah. But I I don't... I it was want more it to something be... I could talk about. Yeah. Not what I was obsessed with. Yeah. And then, like a ton of bricks, like... I realized, Elena, it's time for you to come out with your obsession with Linda Etter. Which it's time. I am here for. Yeah. So, first things first. Yes. How did you get introduced to Linda? So, rather than, um, like, listening to Hilary Duff and, like, Britney Spears when I was little, um, my parents put on anything Frank Wildhorn. I was listening to Scarlet Pimpernel. I was listening to Jekyll and Hyde. I did not know that you were a 19-year-old straight boy who does theater. Yeah, it really. And I was singing Falcon in the Dive, like, <laughs> as a seven-year-old. Like, just oh so silly. Oh my God, you're so gross. I know. and But one of the songs that shook my world and that I sang over and over again was In His Eyes, which I I argue there is no better duet that has ever been on Broadway than Christina Knoll and Linda Eddard singing that song. I know you're thinking there is. Now, but now no, I'm racking my brain. Think no, about it. I, I mean, like, I, I don't know no if you guys have listened to her recently. Go download just that song and listen to them. They are so seamless together. And there, that, like, that, that combo personally is a phenomenal combo because yeah. there's like a million recordings of Jekyll and Hyde. I think there's one of Carly Carmelo and Linda Etter. Yeah, that's the original. Yeah, and it's good. But something about Christiane Knowles' like super pure oh. mix just blends really well with Linda Etter. Oh whereas Carly Carmelo's like, belt! And yeah. it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 a, little, it's a little clashy for me. In a weird way, I was, as a, you know, very mature eight-year-old listening to this, you know, belting out Bring on the Men in the shower, which really made my parents feel I great. I mean, for, foreshadowing to Elena I, today. I, I honestly <laughs> was more attracted to that character, Lucy, who's uh -huh. a prostitute, so weird. But with a heart of gold. With a heart of gold, who just wanted someone to love her, and she'll sing two big 11 o'clock numbers about it. Fuck yeah. New life, who cares about someone a, like you. Who cares about HOE consistency? Give me two big 11 o'clock numbers. Yeah. And I, I don't know, her voice, I just started listening. Then my parents bought her Christmas albums, which she has about 30. Yeah. Um... And I was listening, so every time we would decorate the tree, her album would be on. And I just became obsessed. I saw her at the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra live when I was, I think I wanted tickets when I was like 15. What 15-year-old wants to go see somebody in concert at the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra? When I was 19, my dad and I went to Vegas purely to see Bette Midler at Caesars Palace. Man. So like preaching to the choir. So I'm a gay boy, essentially. You were a conflict of a gay boy and a straight boy all at it's once. So a gay weird. boy with a straight boy is like... Liking mm. prostitutes that sing. Yeah, and Wildhorn. Liking Wildhorn, wildhorn. specifically. 
it was a weird thing to like when I was little and no one, I could never talk to anyone about it because no one knew yeah. about it. But now as I'm in this business and I bring up the name, even to my voice teacher, he's like, oh, that's a good person to like. She has a very healthy voice. I'm yeah. like, and he even had the audacity to be like, I hear glimmers of that in you. I'm like, shut up. Don't say that. I can't. I can't. I'm tearing up. No, he should have been like, he should just let you continue to ride it. And then yeah. those glimmers would have been like giant uh, shards of glass that just cut through. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you've never seen her live? Never seen her live. Okay. Um, I've only listened to her on the Jekyll and Hyde cast recordings, like the multiple of them. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the one with her in the orange dress on the cover? Is that called It's Time? I think that's It's Time. Yeah. Yeah. Because you said earlier, it's time. Is that time. the Man of La Mancha one? Yes. I mean... <laughs> that's, I, that, was, that was the um, delayed gratification that I was going to get sorry, to. Sorry, So, I mean, <laughs> you want to talk like Moe's being Moe's. When yes. I was at the infamous Stage Door Manor, which if you listen to this pod, take a shot every time I bring up Stage Door Manor, Center of the Performing Arts. Um, I was with two of my roommates, gay boys. Okay. We were sitting in our room, like, I think it was one night where we did, where, like, the camp didn't really have any planned activity, so it was more sort of like a free night. And so everybody was kind of wandering. We were in our room, and my roommate played me the Linda Edder cover of I, Don Quixote, The Man of La Mancha. And he's like, and we're listening to it, and we're like, yeah, no, she's great. She's, and they all love Linda Edder. We all knew she was a belter, and we're all listening to her, like, yeah, she sounds great, she sounds great. Um, in that way where it's like when you know someone's a phenomenal singer before the bridge this is a lot before the bridge we're all like in that way you know someone's a phenomenal singer and it's like yes they're phenomenal but they're not being any more phenomenal than I've ever heard um, and then the bridge happened where I'm not entirely sure what it is she's doing if it's head voice whistle tone or like just an alien possessed her and came out with this sound Listen, are we, I'm going to make that like our transition music for at one point during this episode. So you'll all hear it. <laughs> the bridge. Or, yeah, the bridge. Or like I'll make it the end. We always So we also close out with a diva every week. Clearly our diva is going to be Linda Etter with yeah. you. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I'll make that our closing bit. If you haven't heard it, folks, listen to it. It is... <sighs> it is a woman taking a man song and making it better. Yeah. Like, I mean, truly. It's her literally taking it, writing it, <clears throat> and saying, this is mine now, and walking away with it still between her legs. And yeah. and it's, yeah, it's the notes she hits, the purity, the healthiness, I can't. And then if you watch her on the concert at Carnegie Hall, Broadway Mind Leading Ladies, have you not seen that? <gasps> no. This is the concert where Lane Stritch does, Ladies Who Lunch, Patty Does Being Alive, uh, uh, it's 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 the concert of the Andrew Lloyd Webber trio of Audra, Marin Maisie, and uh, Judy Kuhn. Okay. And Anna Anna Kendrick, a thirteen year old Anna Kendrick, does uh, oh. Life Upon the Wicked Stage with the cabaret Kit Kat Girls. It's <clears throat> great. Oh, my God. oh best concert ever. Okay. But YouTube. YouTube, yeah, it's all on okay. YouTube. Linda Etter does this, and she does the bridge, and she like tilts her head. Sl- she does. She tilts well, her she head does slightly. T- she does. for the most part, but for that bridge specifically, it's literally she's like. Oh, yes, in order to hit these notes that no one can ever hit, ever, I must slightly tilt my head. And it makes you want to punch her in the face. Yeah, yeah. And her hair is blown in 90s. I love it. Imagine my little heart when I, I, so I just saw her concert at 54 Below. Right. She had a Christmas concert there. And she'll be back in the spring. So if you haven't witnessed it, you need to go see her. Um, 
But don't take tickets from me. Um, so <laughs> and don't come up to Elena if you're don't at this. Don't interrupt what I'm going through. <laughs> She's in the when middle I of see it. But um, Approach so her she after. she sang Christmas songs. She sang a song that her son had written because her son, obviously Frank Wildhorn's son, is yeah. a composer. Yes. So he, she's she pretty young music. though, isn't he? He's Twenty. Yeah. I know. Oh my. I know. How time flies. <laughs> Keep it in your pants. Um, Shut up! That was not where I was going. I was like, it was more like, oh, how old am I now? Oh, we're so old. Like, I remember when he was like a toddler on the red carpet with them. Oh, God. So that's, yeah, now I'm like, what, he's 20? (laughs) I um, I literally, and then she sang a beautiful version of Noel. Mm -hmm. Um... And then, obviously, saying someone like you, and I just... At her Christmas concert. At her, well, because she knows, like, that's why she got famous. Sure. Like, that was... No, I know, I know. But it's like, she, I don't know. It's like if Barbra Streisand had a Passover concert and yeah. then sang Don't Rain on My Parade. I had no problem with it at all. But then, but then... Yes. They start to play Don Quixote. And I was like... No, no, she's not gonna. She's fifty-eight years old. She's not gonna do this. She does it and still does it as well as oh she God. did on that album. She's fifty-eight years old and she did the head, head tilt, but Absolutely. she even kind of made a joke of it and she was like, oh, "You know what's coming?" Yeah. Like, was making eye contact with everybody and and I'm just on the edge of my seat, like, "Do it, do yeah. it, do yeah. it!" Like so aroused in a way that I've never been when I've seen a live performance like that before. Mm. And she did it. And yeah. she she kind of tapped that high note, but who cares? That, I like mean, that she, high note is... I don't know what that, that is. That is goals when you are, like, at your healthiest, youngest, like, peak of your talent. Yeah. So to do it at 58, which is, like, not shape, but you know, everyone's voices mature as they get older. And, like, your range gets more limited as you get older. Yeah. Um, of course. And your passaggio changes and all that stuff, which is why I get really mad when people are like, Patti LuPone sounds exactly the same as she did when she was 29. I'm like, she doesn't, and it's fine. She yeah. sounds great for being almost 70. She sounds unreal for being almost 70, but she's not sound the same as she did when she was 29. It is yeah. very different. So, like, yeah. let us not shade people, because then we're, like, throwing shade on people who, you know... But what about Barbara Streisand? She still sounds as good as she did, I think. To her le- Am I crazy? I mean, Did you not just see the documentary that was on, like, I think it was Netflix or something? I mean, or HBO? I watched videos of her most recent concert. She mm. sounds good yeah. for being Maybe past I, 70. I honestly, like, don't listen to enough Barbra Streisand to be able to compare, so that's where I, yeah, I fail so, like, in my musical theater. I mean, yeah. When I you, Barbra Streisand, like, from 1965 to 1980. Okay. And, and this is not to say that she wasn't phenomenal before that and after that, but those, those like, 15 years, I think, are just, like, unparalleled vocal talent uh, that no one has ever reached, in my opinion, both in terms of clarity, healthiness, placement, uh, versatility. Yeah. Because, for uh, yeah, um, there's this rawness, there's this rawness to her voice before... Before she does the Funny Girl movie, I'm such a gay. When you listen to her, so like she always comes. I never had a voice lesson. It's like, bitch, you did. Because you listen to her on the Funny Girl cast album, and you listen to her on the Funny Girl soundtrack, and you're like, someone taught you what Bre- was singing through the mask was in between in those years. Someone told you yeah. that didn't just come to you. Yeah. Uh, and it's like a door opens. She went from being like a nine point nine out of ten to being a twelve out of ten, like overnight. Right. Right. Um. So for me, you listen to her doing Funny Girl movie you listen to her now like 
She's got, what, 75 now? Of course she doesn't sound the same. And she, like, also used to be a smoker. So, like, she's got that, like, smokiness to her voice. And she sounds great. Like, it's very, very pleasing. Yeah. She does not sound the same. Don't you, don't you rewrite history, bitch. (laughs) She cannot hit that I don't know. I don't know enough about Barbara Streisand. But I will say, having heard Linda at her peak and Linda at 58, there is not a huge difference. She truly... Uh, is such an engineer with her voice. Yeah. She still places it in this place where I just don't... And you also just don't hear a voice like hers. It's mm. it's very stylized. Mm-hmm. It's a particular kind of sound. But it's hers, and it's so undeniable. Um, it's like old school... It's like it's a modern version of old school or an old school version of modern. She kind of like croons. Yeah. Like contemporary crooning. And her vowel sounds like are not... Yeah. They're not poppy. Yeah. But they're not like pure musical theater either. Like they're weird... There are these weird round tones. It's actually very Streisand and very Garland in the way she does her And I love continent. how she spins. Like, she'll put vibrato on things uh-huh. that, like, don't even need it, but it sounds so good. Because she can. Because she can. And uh, one of my favorite things about her is she, um, she always talks about in her concert how she was, you know... Broadway's leading lady at one point. She's like, and it's it's weird to still be called that since I only did one show. So I don't really I was know. about to say. She's only done one show. She didn't like the eight show a week schedule. She yeah. and she had just had her son mm-hmm. and was just like, Yeah, this this isn't this isn't for me. And yeah. God bless her because She realized it. And- she realized it and she's been doing I think concerts are probably her her big thing now, mm-hmm. but um Man, I I could literally talk about her forever. So. Well, it's a good thing we have an episode dedicated to it. First of all, Jekyll and Hyde, flawed show that it is, there are so many songs in it that have become just part of the musical theater canon, the majority of which are Lucy's songs. Or, um, yeah, that's yeah, true. Like but she had how some, many tenors sing This Is The Moment? So many. <laughs> which is weird, because he's not really a tenor role. He's more, of a, he's more of a baritone with range, yeah. which is why I'm not as impressed when tenors sing it. Like, when a good baritone, like if Norman Lewis were to sing it, it's more yeah. impressive to me than if Hugh Panera sings it. Understood. Because Hugh Panera, you're like, oh, you can go up to a D. Yeah, this like, is a this, warm-up for yeah, you. Yeah, literally. Like, this is your sick day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, like, she has someone like you. She has a new life, dangerous game in his eyes. Good and evil, which replaced Bring on the Men. Yes, exactly. No, and also nobody seems to know who... Well, uh, no one knows who I am. No one knows who I am. I, I actually really like Good and Evil. I think Bring on the Men's probably a better song. Better production number. Yeah, but I just love the end of Good and Evil. Yes. Uh, musically speaking. Let's also be very clear. Like A lot of the themes in the songs of Jekyll and Hyde are very simplistic and kind of just... Repeat themselves. Right. Someone like you, when you when you is boil it down, is the same as a new life, and it also is the same thought over and over and over again. It's each modulated. Ver- yes, each literally each <laughs> verse is just half a step up until yeah. by the end she's like ease. Yeah, and it's the same lyric again. Totally fine. Like that's the same thing with unexpected song. Yeah, that's the same thing with um, love can't happen from Grand Hotel. It's like it's just the same thought. Nothing changes. Yeah. it's just the music gets louder and higher, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Like I'm uh, as you know. I am uh, esoteric, and I, I very much, you know, I'm uh, elitist in some of my tastes, but also, like, I will get down and dirty with some bitches and, like, yeah. love some basic shit, like, somebody belting for the gods, 
even if I'm like, this lyric is not great, but I'm here for it. I think, honestly, growing up on on that music, that, like, sweeping Frank Wildhorn stuff, I... It has made me very open-minded to when that kind of same yeah. thing comes up again in musical theater. I, I am not snooty about my musical theater. No. <clears throat> not to say that, like, it's because I like Frank Waldorn, but I I just think musicals should make you feel something. Mm. And for someone in, you know, who was in, New- where was I? I was in Georgia growing up and all my friends were listening to country music and I turned on murder murder <laughs> and Jekyll and I like that stirred me don't worry I'm not serious listen killer. that kill- stirred me more than Kenny Chesney listen to kill outside St. Paul's requires a lot of balls <laughs> um I know I get that first of all oh. there's something about Frank Wildhorn's music when it's good yeah because uh, he's I do find him inconsistent but when it's good it is like a chemical reaction. Even like, even the snootiest of people, and I can get up there. But I also my my taste also varies a lot. But um, I I weirdly get off when people are like, oh, I think you're gonna like this, and then I don't. Or if they're like, oh, you're gonna hate this, and then I love it. Um, I just don't tell anyone anything anymore. It's oh, like you make your decision because yes, that is exactly the way. Just it, too much. That's also the way to approach me about it. Like I get angry. I get personally angry at Netflix. For saying I'm gonna oh, like something, they are so like they're inaccurate. presumptuous, presumptuous yeah. and inaccurate. I'm like, how dare? Or like they repeat themselves. Like we think you might like the Good Place. I'm like, of course, because I've watched it nine times. Yeah. Well, then the notice comes up. Are you still watching? And you're like, yes. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Stop judging me. <laughs> it's a judgy like. Yeah. Platform. Like when Don't I'm d- when I'm done watching, I will turn it off. Yeah. Shut up, Netflix. <laughs> but um, yeah, Frank Walter like uh, the sweeping ballads, which he's really good at. Even if, like, on a dramatic level, the song is the same, it's something about it just works really well. Because I have called and out other songs. You find singers that for them that are yes. just that stir you too. Linda, Lin- mm-hmm. Linda Etter, Christiano, Christiano um, Kelly O'Hara, and that ensemble. Well, actually, Kelly. O'Hara, so way you, to rise up. <laughs> literally, have you watched the video of Jekyll and Hyde with David Hasselhoff? Um, I did see that one on HBO okay. when I was a wee one, and I was very devastated to hear it done differently than how I had sure. grown up to it. Absolutely. I, I hear that. It's not, I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people say it is. It has like a weird reputation. I mean, he's... People went into it with a bad... Like being like, yeah. this is going to be crap. And when you go Hasselhoff. into it... Yeah. When yeah. you go into it like that, no one gets a chance. I mean, yeah. I, first of all, I think the majority of the cast in it is quite good. And I will give David Hasselhoff the credit of he fully commits to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever you think of his talents, like he does not come in going, I'm David Hasselhoff, all a half-ass. It's like... He's giving 110%, which is not the case with a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but Kelly O'Hara is in the ensemble of that <gasps> film version. I didn't she has, know that. I believe she actually has two solos, but the one that uh, my friend Allie loves to point out is her. she comes out during Murder, Murder, and she goes, he'll kill at will. Oh, and, <laughs> and 10 years later, she has Tony's. A Tony Award and a legacy. It's a fine. Legacy. Um, what was I going to say? Shit. Oh. And the thing that, like, I read for other shows, which is, the like, it's the same sentiment over and over again. Somehow, I don't mind it as much with Frank Wildhorn. Maybe it's because I was younger when I listened to it. I don't know. Uh, but I'm also, like, if it works, like, then I don't care. And you can't really 
pinpoint what makes something work. You just like feel it. Yeah. As you said, like musical theater should make you feel something and you feel when something works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Someone Like You is a song that works. It builds so mm-hmm. beautifully. And what was interesting for me is when I saw all these new adaptations of the show, Lucy kind of became this like eponine character where they didn't want like a great singer they mm-hmm. wanted this like character kind of voice like mm-hmm. i don't know I, I felt like a lot of the women that i'd seen like a roughness almost yeah almost. yeah like a grit and because no one can sound like linda Eder, but no. linda sang it so pure even though she was playing this like you know woman of the streets mm-hmm. and then in all these other adaptations like i loved what colleen sexton did but she definitely like had this like this, it was. I can't even place it, but it felt like someone who had been on the streets for a while. Yeah. I don't think prostitutes sound like Linda Eder. So, as far as I know, I'm... That is the quote that's going to open up the detail page for this episode. I don't think prostitutes sound like Linda Eder. <laughs> There's a famous story. Yeah. Famous, famous Broadway story. Why did I not know that? They were, I think they were early in previews um, on Broadway, and Linda lost her voice. And for some reason or other, like, they could not put on the understudies yet. Maybe, like, nobody had been placed yet. Yeah. So Linda had to do the show, but <gasps> all they could do was she had to do the scenes, and then when she sang, Emily Skinner was backstage singing, and Linda mouthed I the words. I heard that. Famous, famous story. I didn't know that was Emily Skinner, though. It was Emily Skinner. Cool. Um, what I would give for an for audio of Emily Skinner, a 1997 Emily Skinner doing Someone Like You. Who knows? Who knows? A pre-sideshow Emily Skinner before Daisy Hilton got to her. What I would give for a 1997 Linda Etter... <clears throat> To sing, like, Who Will Love Me As I Am with a 1997 Emily Skinner. Um, I wonder if I can maybe... I'll just reach out to Linda after this. And maybe she can do it at her March concert. Maybe. Which I will be at. Is it going to be... Watch it be, like, a St. Patrick's Day concert. And then she whips out Who Will Love Me As I Am. Because she's like, I know you want it. She does. She knows I want it. She's a very giving top, Linda Etter. Well, I... Oh, my lord. (laughs) Oh, I wish people could see me. I, like, convulse when I'm happy with a joke. I, I truly wish you could, too, because it's very fun to watch. Like a baby. Did I tell you I met her afterwards? No! Okay, so, Were you okay? So, oh, barely. Okay, so Jason Howland, who was our mu- um, music director for Beautiful. Right. Oh, yes. Elena was in Beautiful, everybody. We forgot to mention that. Uh, yeah. Well, he's been Frank Wildhorn's, like, right-hand man from the beginning. So he had worked with Linda. And so he reached out to her musical director for this concert and let them know that I was coming, that I was a big nerd. And um, so I met her afterwards. She is very tall and very gorgeous. And I had planned a script. I was going to say, thank you so much for your concert tonight. Um, you've taught me everything that I know. I, I've i learned how to sing because of you. And And... All that came out was like, I had like an accent, and it was just like, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm Elena. I, I, I work with um with Jason Howland, and uh, I was in Beautiful, and uh, you're just really great, and 
like Southern? What am I? I'm. I was having Wait, like a Southern accent. Where was the Southern? I, I, was that in like the I, moment, or were you trying to do it now? I was. It was kind of there now. What are you talking about? <laughs> I do that? that. Do it again, please. No, I can't do it now. Now I'm self-conscious. Oh, no. It was very. It was very. Slight. That was Southern, like Jennifer Lawrence was Russian in Red Sparrow. Good job. That's true. And Ouch. I'm allowed to shade Elena because I've known her for a decade. It's true. I can take it. I've been shaded worse than that. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> what came out of my mouth was not what was scripted. But it never is. I still managed to tell her that I was a big fan, mm-hmm. which obviously she knew. Um, that I learned how to sing because of her and that if she needed oh I said if in March if you need someone to sing a duet with I'm available I said that I grew cojones in that moment and just was like pimped myself out to Linda Etter that's will she take me up on it no but that's your black widow that I mentioned earlier she came out of nowhere that is where your Debbie Downer you can reach my agent if you want to sing with me in March you came and you're like I'm such a big fan and if you want to reach me for a duet here's my agent's number (laughs) that is how you are and is why I'm obsessed with you because you're a human being but you're really good about making it happen for yourself which I admire Um, I find that lately I don't know lately, but like in the last 10 years, we've really, um, I've also just watched, I don't know if you're familiar with the YouTube channel, The Take. No. Uh, I only became aware of them recently because they had a whole video. So basically it's a, it's a channel that views social structure and social norms and government and and all this stuff and how history repeats itself through pop culture. So movies and TV shows essentially. So the first video I ever watched them was detailing the powers and the downfalls of a dictator through Regina George and Mean Girls. Whoa. Uh, And it's a good video. It is smart. But I just watched a recent one that uh, talks about the trope of the cool girl Uh. and how sort of the cool girl is a male fantasy that was dictated by men through pop culture. Things like Megan Fox and Transformers, Cameron Diaz and there's something about Mary and that there are more phases that women go through rather than who they truly are. And it's... it's, uh, it's not realistic and it's unfair and blah, 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 all these wonderful things. Point is, I have found recently, and maybe you, and I would love it if you piggybacked on this as you are someone who's in the business and you are a woman and I am just projecting onto you right now, <laughs> like a man. Uh, I find that we are not as uh, comforted by people who like are actually good at making things happen for themselves. We like we loved Jennifer Lawrence. She was like, oh, this just sort of happened, and I fell out as I got my Oscar. And we like berated Anne Hathaway because she was like, I worked really hard for this. Yeah. Um. And when it's one thing to say, I mean, I worked hard, but you know, it's all about fate. But to be like, I worked really hard, and yes, luck is involved as well. But you know, I I really wanted this, and especially for women. Because of course, all as everything, everything in life, I think you should it's always, different. and also oh. I think everything in life should always add the, the, post phrase, especially for women. Yeah. Um, and then you can go down the list from there. But yeah, I mean, can you talk on that for a second well, for me? What's funny is when you said that, um, I was immediately thinking of um, I take a Meisner class downtown that I've been taking for a long time. Matthew Corzine Studio, go there. It's so hey. great. Hey hey. And one of my like alter egos. And something that's kind of gotten in the way of my acting is being cool girl Elena. Like, mm. cool Elena. I'm cool. Yeah. It's fine. Like, you could whiskey. repeat something really mean back to me, but I'm good. Like, yeah. and it's, it totally kills all impulse. It totally is this facade. And I, I mean, cool girl Elena, she 
was dating everybody in New York from like 20 to 27. I think 27 is when I retired her a little bit. But mm. but it's just it's not wanting any man or anybody to think that you can be phased mm. and that you can be manipulated or you can be made to feel bad from them. Like mm. it's cool. Like yeah. oh, you don't call me back after we had a great date. Like it's fine. I'm good. Like yeah. when really I'm fucking devastated mm-hmm. and I'm now just like you know, eating a tub full of ice cream because I thought we had something and like... Yeah! So, but that's not cool Elena. Cool girl Elena's like, oh, hey, what are you up to tonight? Oh, you're busy? Okay, yeah. yeah it's fine. Me too. Yeah. yeah. It sucks. And and I honestly, I do think that sometimes carries over now into just how I talk about my career. Mm-hmm. There is something... I was one of those people that kind of found Anne Hathaway annoying. And there was no reason to because she just worked her ass off and is really talented. Yeah. There was something Rachel Berry about her. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, and you look at someone like... Performative is, I think, the word people have said. Like, when she's in interviews, it feels very calculated. Yeah. Which I get. But also, you know, I'm also in the mind frame of, what's wrong with thinking before you speak? Yeah. You know? But, like, but even if she had been, like... I don't know if there's a, a a way to be like, yeah, I'm really badass. Like I, you know, I dropped out of school and I never looked back. Mm. And like, you know, if when you say it like that, people are like, oh, well, oh, it's very off-putting. So yeah. leading with like a little bit more. It's totally. It's funny. I'm editing myself now. Like I, mm. I can feel that like social pressure kicking in, being like, Elena, mm-hmm. chill. <laughs> No, I like, get it. Don't be, don't lead Anne Hathaway like <laughs> lead. <laughs> First of all, but that doesn't mean that I don't feel very like proud of what I've accomplished. Yeah. I just sometimes. Um, well, there's a difference between confidence and egotistical, right? Right, like that is such a fine line. Oh, of course, so and fine. and and we're crossing it all the time because we're human beings, and even the most self-aware people. There's yeah. going to be a day or a moment where you totally perceive the situation differently from everyone else in the room, and you'll say something that you think either everyone's going to take seriously or everyone's going to take humorously, and yeah. it's going to go the opposite. Um, or you say something earnestly and people take it a totally different way. Just, that just happens. Yeah. But... Success is a big part of working hard, being a badass, but also, like, opportunity. Like, bring it on. There couldn't have been a more perfect musical mm. for me to leave school for. I mean, mm. it was tumbling, hip-hop dancing with five Tony Award-winning people behind it. Like, I was like, yep, th- this is this is right. But that was opportunity that that happened mm. to come up, that I happened to have somewhere to stay in New York that weekend where they were having the open calls. That, like... So that's where it's hard for me to to, like, sit here and, like, beam with, like... Yeah, I, I just there was a lot of luck too. Yeah, of course. But when so you, when you say the Rachel Berry thing, ra- first yeah. of all, homo that I am. <laughs> when I, Rachel before there was Rachel Berry, there was Tracy Enid Flick in Election with Reese Witherspoon. Yes, which uh, which I mean also, I people have asked me, oh, have you watched The Politician? I'm like, I've watched Election. I'm good. It's, it's yeah. Yeah, I watched the first episode of The Politician and then turned it the fuck off because I don't like Ryan Murphy, but. <laughs> The whole Rachel Berry syndrome, I think, is it's that Anne Hathaway element to the ex- it's extreme. It's, still car- it's, extreme. Yeah, it's a cartoon of someone who like has no social awareness and is one trait of just uh, confident or not even confidence, but just um, of drive. And it is I don't 
you could argue that it's actually misogynistic to kind of die, to portray it in such a negative light by dialing it up to such an extreme. I don't think it's necessarily that with the case of Rachel Berry, but it's more that um, it then casts this really dark shadow over people and, and again, especially women who are motivated. Because then we think to ourselves, "Oh, you're just like Rachel Berry. Like you're 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 motivated." Yeah, it's like, you're, no, you're you're, gonna you're, you're motivated. Yeah. Good for you. And yeah, I think the difference between mm-hmm. confidence and ego with anybody is you can be proud of something you've worked on but then like having that accomplishment then define you and it's oh the gosh. idea and and talking down to people i think actually you know what it is the difference between confidence and ego is with ego you talk down to people about your accomplishments confidence is you talk to them like equals like this wonderful yeah. thing i did that i'm really proud of tell me about like what's going on with you right Right, and that is to be fair with you, and I don't know how you are with other people, but with <laughs> me, you're always like, "Tell me about you," and I'm like, "Yes, bitch, I will," and yeah. then I and then I ask about you because I, I, you know, it's it's like Meryl Streep when she's asked about how she does what she does, mm-hmm. like you will see her dodge the question so quickly because I think I I love the idea of just leading just being talented and doing good work, mm-hmm. and then like not really talking about it, just like. Just let that be what talks for you. Let yeah. that be. And social media is the same thing. I, I I have a hard time posting about things that I've done because I, I know how it feels when I see somebody, you know, mm-hmm. announce their, like, first day of school of something. And, and sometimes it genuinely, like, wrecks me, yeah. especially if it was something I was going in for. And so... I, I just don't want to be the source of that for anybody. And mm. so I'd rather talk a little bit about it if someone asks me and then be like, changing the subject because yeah. this is awkward. Well, <laughs> social media is also weird because you, for everybody now, it's like a brand, right? It's You're right. using it to promote yourself. And in order to promote yourself pro- properly, you have to always talk about your accomplishments. So it does come off in that really like devastating way of, oh, this person's life is totally together. Right. I also don't like things like first day of school because it is... For me, terms like that or booked and blessed, it's it's the. Are people still using that? I mean, I think I'm now, going to ask but now, now they're using it. it sarcastically, but not no, really. No. It's the same way with first day of school, like first day of school, and it's you're trying to make light of the situation so that way other people can congratulate you and tell you how amazing you are, so you don't have to come forward with it. Rather than I worked really hard for this, and I'm actually really excited to have this happen now. I do love the. I find the longer the post is, the more real and honest it actually is yeah. when it's you no know, mixed feelings because I went in with this with, with a lot of other people who are really talented and some of them are friends and they didn't get it and I did so like while I'm really happy to be doing this I know the other people who were yeah. no whatever which I've, I've read those before and I was like yeah that's fucking fair but at the same time you just be happy for yourself at the same time yeah. life is short and there's so much awful stuff in the world that when something good does happen to you even yeah. even when you take out the terribleness of just the world and put in the small things like yeah. the people who don't call you after you've had a really good time yeah. or when you have a performance that you're really looking forward to and you're sick that week pointing to myself right yeah, now yeah, yeah. Uh, when something does go well it's like fan- fantastic and I'm gonna I'll, I'll say so but also I use Instagram literally as a scrapbook so yeah. like I I don't go to be like booked and blessed because I also don't book anymore but I'm just like <laughs> I'm just like this wonderful memory that I'm yeah. really happy for I still don't know how to use my social media, but I... No, you don't. I do. I really don't. I, it's, I'm still figuring it out. But 
It's somehow, fun to watch. It's somehow, fun to watch you. It's a journey. I know. Shut up. Somehow tying that back into Linda Etter, like she just like <laughs> because I'm hanging it back on topic. <laughs> I I am so attracted to performers like her and like Jesse Mueller and people who have just gotten famous without social media and like yeah. just on pure talent alone. And even at that concert, Linda Etter did not say one like. And she just was a woman there singing for you. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, so you've all come here to see me tonight. Mm, and it was so much. I, I love a nice slice of humble pie. And I love it when someone is ultra talented and just like she'll take a compliment, but she's not going to like elaborate much on it. Yeah. She just there's like a just a confidence within herself. She doesn't have to talk about it. She doesn't have to be like, I'm so proud of what I've done. Although she could. And that's yeah. fine. She's just like, yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's something that she genuinely enjoys doing. It's, yeah. And which is, I mentioned this when Caitlin was on the pod, it's so rare to be good at something that brings you joy. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about, I mean, think about, the, blah, blah, blah. think about the people who have wanted to go in the arts or any profession for that matter, where like they, they love to do it so much, but they are not at a level where they can really do it professionally. And it's sort of, and they have to go into something else that maybe they like. Ugh way less thinking about uh, you know we'll do a basic example but say you know you love to sing and you really wanted to be a singer but you're not really quite good enough and really no matter how much you practice like you just don't really have the the natural talent and you learn that in a harsh way and then you end up going to like data entry and you just sing in the shower the rest of your life and you think about all the times you would love to sing but you don't but that's also social norms of like if you aren't doing it professionally don't do it at all right it's like you can hobbies whatever happened to hobbies literally well now hobbies are you know my oatmeal in the morning with my berries on it taking photos of my food that's my hobby Netflixing Netflix and chill that's my hobby I'm like that's just what you do photos of me and my dog and I'm just such a homebody (laughs) Uh, and I mean I'm not trying to shit on what people like to do but when it's so performative it's the word of the day is performative Performative. when it's so performative I don't buy that it's you yeah Uh, you know you're posing for the world and Unless you are Meryl Streep, like the world ain't watching. Yeah. It's your small group of friends. I say as somebody who loves to post on their story only because I know it goes away after 24 hours. So I'm like... I've never posted a story, ever. Oh, I feel like you'd be really good at it. No, I would not. I'd be so awkward. Well, like, I don't know. I feel like you go on these many journeys and you also are, are a health nut. And so I, oh. I, would, I would love to see some of your fitness stuff on your on your stories i just post crazy stuff like when i had my i love your stuff (laughs) well i had that day job for a while where i was just like sitting around doing nothing and so i started doing videos of all different versions of that one line and songs do you remember this so i did one of les mis i had all the women from at the end of the day doing ed in a bed and i had like wait when did you do this and this was like a few weeks ago oh i have them saved honey i'm gonna post them like for realsies eventually because i'm actually quite i'm actually quite proud of it uh but like, so one of the last one I ever did was I did all the stages of grief okay. through all the different versions of the lyric or a double boiler from the music man or a double boiler, like the various recordings of it. There is no one like you, man. There is no one like me. I am a full on crazy person. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. 
find myself sometimes just like scrolling through people's like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why is this happening to me? And I, I would hate for that to be how anyone feels about me. <laughs> so like, uh, who cares how many push-ups she can do? Like, uh, who cares? She's on the treadmill. Like, yeah, I, I, my, but, I don't know. But also like the, the number of people who like would see that I posted a new thing like that. Like, because you, of course, you can see who looks at your stories. That's the the, num- the number drop from the first page to the second page was always hysterical to me. Oh, so that te- oh my god! So you know if they've only watched part of your story? Yeah, well, yeah, because if it because it's in sections, it's in fifteen second sections. Uh huh. So like, I would always have the title page, and then I would do the thing. And the title page would always have the most views, obviously, because people would see, see, oh, Matt posted a new story. And they were thinking, like, oh, like, maybe he's traveling, maybe it's something else. But they would see the title page, and the number the number drop from that to the next oh slide. Oh, my God. No, I, I mean, it bothered me, like, the first time, because I was like, oh, nobody cares what I have to say. But after that, I was like, fuck it. Like, I like to do this. I find it funny. Yeah. And enough people, like, would DM me after saying, like, this is... I found this very funny. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's for me and for the people who find it funny. Yeah. So, like, if I had 220 people see the first title card and then it went down to, like, 180 on the second one or worse, like, 100 on the second one. It was never that bad. But it that was, sounds like a lot. No, but, like, if it were... No, I, I think 40 is a lot. I'm too mental. I, no, I don't likes think, already hurt my feelings sometimes. Yeah, to, then to have views? Oh sure, my but it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um... <laughs> It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> no, but I, I, there are enough people would still watch it towards the end that I'm like, yeah, you know what? Sure, we. Uh, there are 230 people who watched the first slide, and it dropped down to 200 for the second because people were like, oh shit, he's doing one of these again. But you know what? 198 made it to the end, and like I love that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think about. Um, and for those who don't, but would care you about be it, happy if only one made it to the end? You know what? Yeah. Then, then, then you know you're doing it, right? Yeah. Because when, so full disclosure, when Baking It on Broadway was like basically wrapping up because Broadway World stole my idea and we weren't able to continue the series regularly to like combat it. Yeah. Um, I had, like, I was feeling super low. I was like, what, what's this even for? You know, vi- like videos that Tyler and I slayed yeah. over, sl- slave, slayed, slaved over. Yeah. Uh, getting, you know, a hundred views in one day. May- you know, if we're lucky, we got a thousand views in, in a year, whatever, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What's it even for? It was always like some random moment. Someone would DM me and be like, I'm a 17 year old kid from Wisconsin. And like, I really love your videos. And I'm sad that you guys are wrapping up, but I get it. And like, at least you have someone stop your- you on the street, right? I did. Stephanie, she's a yes. fan of you. Um, I think yeah. she's a fan of a lot of people. She's a fan of, a lot of people. And if you're <laughs> listening to the, I actually saw her on the subway recently. Uh, we ran into each other because she lives close to up here. She's going to school, I think at AMDA, maybe mm-hmm. you told me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she's listening to this. This is not a read, Stephanie. Like you know, you there's a lot of people that you love, and I know Everyone this because loves Stephanie because she's yeah, loyal to them. She's loyal and she's sweet. And the only reason that we all know this is because we're all friends with each other. I'm like, yeah, yeah. we all we all we all know Stephanie. She's yeah. famous. So you're <laughs> you're famous, girl, for a good for a good reason. Yeah, you make us all feel really good. Yeah, but like, um, uh, I used to go to the Broadway flea market, and I stopped eventually, a because the stuff isn't good anymore. But also, yeah. it got awkward when like. I would I would have like one or two kids come up to me and be like, "Are you baking it on Broadway?" While I'm like scouring for playbills, oh, and I'm like, "That's so cool, though." But it's like you don't want to be stopped for being a mo- like Meryl Streep does not want to dumpster dive and be told like, "Are you Meryl Streep?" Like, You're shut not up! I'm looking. I'm, 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 Patrick Salkin calls uh, the Broadway flea market bro- the Broadway garbage bazaar, which like it is truly. I mean, they go over the intercom at your show and they're like, "Hey, you guys! Like, if you have anything you can give us for the flea market, even if it's not related to the show, mm-hmm. like, so yeah, it's." 
it's bottom. Elena's bobby pins for. I, I'm um, sure they were in there at some point. Yeah. I also love that your wig when you went on for Carol King was about half your size. Yeah, I don't know how I ended up with. The, I had the biggest wig. Yeah, in and you were the tiniest hair. person. Yeah, I think it was just the one that fit my head. I don't know, but I look at pictures and I'm like, oof. Yeah. Well, that was accurate, but. Really, not my you're, best look. You are no, you are a lovely Carol. The only downside to it was that you are so tiny, and whoever was your Jerry, I forget his name, Evan. Evan's, yeah, Evan Todd. Um, he is so big. Yeah, he is that, like a hunk. <laughs> yeah, very much so. It was like break my arm, but. <laughs> Like, the height and, like, body contrast was so big that, like, even as you guys got older, I was like, I'm buying that he's now 30. I'm not buying that you are. But there's nothing you can do about that. That was... It's... He really does... um, When he would go on with me, he was always so, like, gentle. And I was like... You no, clearly you're, don't you're, know me, but you're all muscle. but I can take it. Like, yeah. okay. I, in fact, I'm gonna insist that you pick me up. Full T, full T. Before we wrap this up, we'll talk about Linda Etter for like two more minutes, and we'll wrap it up because uh, Elena's got got to get going, and I have a concert to prepare for. Gay men's chorus. Gay men's chorus. She's singing a solo tonight, Henny. It's one night only. Uh, but so when Elena was in Mamma Mia on the Broadway, so you you actually did Mamma Mia for a while. You did the tour. Did the tour for seven months, did the Broadway ensemble another seven months, yes. and then did so, a year and a half of Sophia. Yes. Um, so, and so you were at the tail end of when the show was at the Winter Garden going into the Broadhurst. Correct. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so your entire time as Sophia was at the Broadhurst. Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, I remember it was the summer. I think it was a year before you guys closed. Yeah. I go to see the show. Elena's like, I'd, I'd really love for you to see me in the show. I was like, okay, but I, I, mean, I guess I'll be a good thing. It's fine. <laughs> um, so I go to see the show. And Elena's lovely, you know, not surprising, whatever. I'm over it. I'm done talking lovely things about you. I literally you. was just playing myself Yeah, but I, I think you know what's coming up because I bring it up to you all the damn time. Act two. So I always bring up your line reading in act one. Oh. Act two. You know what's coming up, bitch. Oh my God. Slipping through my fingers all the time, no. which is supposed to be like the loveliest little heartbreaking song when Don is getting Sophie ready for the wedding. And like all, first of all, I was in a very foreign audience. Like not many people were like sniffling. <laughs> you and everybody. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like, it was me and like a bunch of people from Germany. It's fine. Yeah. But, uh, so the song's happening and Elena proceeds to take off her robe. Now, Elena's always been a very fit person. And I'm not saying that bodies define us, although when John's on the pod, we always talk about how our bodies define us. And we actually just had an episode about, like, stop casting so many hot people, especially for roles where, like, it's not required. Right. But this is to say, Elena took off that robe, and I had not, like, seen Elena in, say, workout gear or whatever for a while. (laughs) This girl had the audacity, whatever excess weight this girl was hiding in her body when I knew her. And I never thought that she had any, but... she took, some she, baby fat. She, took, she took off the robe and she's in a slip. And I went, okay, whatever weight was gone, whatever weight was there was gone. It was all muscle, but she had the audacity to not lose any of it in her chest. <laughs> so she was snatched all over, but remained the same okay. cup size. And I'm really trying not to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, objectify me? I'm not trying to objectify you. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm saying this as a, as a friend, as someone no. who's known you for and so long. And a gay man. And like, a gay man, yeah. And I remember coming back to you, uh, backstage to see you, also speaking of, like, de- self-deflection, I remember texting you as I was leaving, because I was not expecting to, like, go backstage afterwards. I was, like, on my way to Port Authority to get on the train. I was like, you were so great. I'm so ha- proud I of you. I was like, where the fuck are yeah, you? Yeah, you texted me. You're like, where are you? Come backstage. And I literally walked back. I was like, oh, I guess I'm going backstage. Duh. Well, that's that's who I am. Um, <laughs> so, like, yeah, I always think that. Anywho, 
So I come backstage, and the fr- I, it wasn't the first thing, maybe like five minutes, and I was like, how dare you <laughs> get snatched listen, and lose no weight in your chest? Listen, I'm, I will say we wore our mic packs because there were no wigs in the show. We wore the mic packs mm-hmm. in the bra, so it made like everything just look fuller. But I, I also do have very yeah. large boobs, too. Exactly. So the material was yeah. there. It's like when Queens yeah. on Drag Race say they got the villain edit. And it's like, you still said what you said, bitch. They yeah. had to have something to edit. Same thing with you and that mic pack. That and mic pack had to go somewhere. I should have just worn the slip for the wedding, but costume design said I had to wear that dress, has, which was an interesting... The, mm, as much as I love Mamma Mia, that, it's, the, it's the ugliest wedding dress seen True. on Broadway. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate that that was never never updated. But um, yeah, so it was only about five seconds that you got to see the goodies, almost, kind of. But it made If you had big... seen Spring Awakening a couple years before that, you would have seen all my goodies. Where did you do Spring Awakening? Asbury Park, New Jersey. Do you not remember this? What? That was like the first gig I got outside of uh, Bring It On. Oh, you know, you know what it was? I was a little too busy trying not to get cut at school. Yes, you were busy. (laughs) Yes. But I made it. I didn't get cut. But, um, (laughs) yeah, so I wasn't paying attention much to that. I don't think I had a chance to go out there. Um, Well, the thing about being topless in Asbury Park, New Jersey as mm. a girl is that no one cares because Mm. you're a girl. Mm. They were more interested in my co-star, who's had his beautiful butt out so Sad, you know what? it's fine all the it, distra- it was away from me it was... okay you know what should it ever happen again I'll be the first one there with a the ticket and I will make sure that when the goodies pop out I will be in the audience and I will shout how dare, dare. god you always know how to make me feel good Matt I wish I could have you around me like all the time oh <laughs> if only I could get really the did. men to say that about me oh yeah no we can talk about that later um, <laughs> that's another bad podcast that's another podcast my obsession guys who don't call me back um no they they're always like oh yeah what do you say is so fun i'd love to see you again and then they're like yeah let's hang out and then when i try to get receipts and like like follow up they're like meh uh do you ever feel after you've experienced that that you need to sing someone like you in the shower i do i channel my linda edder bringing it back (laughs) To the topic before we wrap this up. Way to go. <laughs> Although, I have to say, we stayed remarkably on topic for a long period of this. Like, the first 40 minutes was very much about Linda I wasn't Edder. sure if I'd be able to, yeah, con- continue and, con- oh, my God, continuously, like, be educated and smart about Linda Edder and sure. just not geek out. I just thought I was going to be it, drooling the whole time. So It's fine. Listen, we drool about many things, and yours is Linda Edder, and I love that about you. I appreciate um, that. If you would, if Linda Edder were to come back yeah. in a new musical... Not a new, sorry, I take it back. Not a new musical. In a revival of something. What would it be? Oh, my God. Um, I would love to... S- oh, I hate your questions because they're so smart. Oh. Um, I want her to play... No, it can't come back yet. Oh, God, I don't know. What's a... Um... I want Jekyll and Hyde to come back, and I want her to be in it again. Lucy, let, let, Lucy, I mean, Tony. yeah, let's do a twenty-two year reunion with her, Robert Cuccioli, Christiane Knoll. They, I mean, they're all still working. They're, yeah, they're all still working. That I don't. Christiane Knoll sounds exactly the same. I don't know if I want to hear her sing anything but that. I just want her to sing that on Broadway. Fair. I don't think she wants to sing anything on Broadway. But you know, that. you know what I want? I want her to do Hello Dolly, but the Barbara Streisand arrangements of all the songs from the movie. Oh. 
And like, whatever keys she's comfortable in, because I want, it's Linda Edder, she can do whatever she wants. But like, I want her to sing Barbara Streisand's arrangement of yeah. So Long Deary in a revival of Hello Dolly. You know, that made me think about, I thought about Hello Dolly, I thought Burnett Peters, I thought Into the Woods, and now I realize the I witch? want Linda Edder to do The Witch. Okay. I want her to do The Witch. Could she get weird enough for that? I think we have to, we have to give her a chance. Okay. I think I think maybe. That was my uh, that was my junior show. I was the witch. Yes. In um, high school, greens, d- greens. I f- we I, did that rap together. We on did. Our first... That shit is on YouTube. Yes, it is. Um, very little of it, but yes. And we also like. There's a small, small, small clip of us differentiating between Meryl Streep's in the past and Bernadette Peters in, in the past. In the past. Yeah, yes. in the past. I mean, in the past. I'm so, I'm so glad I could bond with that. Um, of course. With somebody. If you want to bond about geeky theater shit, I'm your guy. You're the person. Yeah. Brother, I'm your pal. Is that the word? I'm your man. I'm your man. You will always out-geek me. Oh. That's for sure. Well, I didn't have... <laughs> I don't know where that's from. There was a long period of time where I had no friends. I simply had my books and my albums. And, and now look at you. You have, have a so- podcast. You have a solo in the gay men's chorus. I have simply too many things. You're the best. You're the best. I love you so much. Elena, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, this has been a blast. You can find Elena. She doesn't do social media well, but if you're interested to see what she does post. Or teach me how to do it. Yeah, or watch me, or eventually watch me teach her. Um, you can find her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Elena B. Ricardo? So it's easy. E-B-A Ricardo. Okay. Because it's Elena Beatrice Anna, which is my middle name. Uh-huh. Don't tell anyone, though. So E-B-A Ricardo. And um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to entertain you much, but I will be. I will always give you some good hiking pictures. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will never do a first day of school post. So no. just know that. No, no, no. You won't know that Elena's in a Broadway show until, until six I'm months in into costumes. the run. <laughs> Until I'm in costumes. No, like, it's like opening, it's past opening night. She's nominated for the Tony Awards. And it's like five days after the Tony Awards. Hey, guys, I'm in a show. Oh, wait, Playbill can announce whatever I'm in. I I can't do it. Or Uh, my mom. And you don't do Twitter, right? No, I don't. Yeah. Um, Don't find her on Facebook because that's for friends and family. Or do. Like, again, you'll be equally bored. God, she's so so thirsty. (laughs) Or do. Um, I I am on Instagram. Matt Koplik. Um, yeah. And then uh, we just... Got, actually, we just got a brand new review. Uh, usually I read them out loud and in post I put the Light in the Piazza overture underneath it. But I'm going to wait till I record with John next week to do that because um, I want to surprise him. It's a, it's a good one too. Uh, you guys... Write us some more gay-ass reviews. I love how gay they can be. This one brings up Smile and Sally Murphy. I love it so much. Uh, bring up one with Judy Kuhn or Linda Etter. Uh, the, this most recent one also brought, brought up the Carousel Revival, the good one, not the one with Jesse Mueller, which sounds shady, but like we all know it wasn't good. It's fine. And I'm very open about that. Uh, you could also bring up Groundhog Day or, I don't know, Matilda or Fun Home, something that I love. Bring up something that I love. Uh, I appreciate it. Anyway, this Broadway breakdown, Elena, we already decided we're going to close out with Linda Etter, right? Yes, Love we him so are. much. So, I'm Matt Koplik. I'm Elena Ricardo. And this is Linda Etter. <laughs> take, take us away, Linda. No, I'm not singing. No, take us away, Linda. Hug oh, you. Got it. Jesus Christ. She's going to, she's going to, it's all in post. Over. <laughs> Canceled. You're done. Bye. I was like, is, are you going to play it? Are you going to like... Yes, I'm going to play it. Linda, Linda Etter, take us away. Bye.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.